0: That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Confessions of a New Grad's Special Holiday Episodes. With Season 1 finished and Season 2 in production for early 2021, I want to send a huge thank you to all of the listeners for the support you've given the show. All of your messages, reviews, and ratings have brought me so much joy, especially this year. If you're new to the podcast and haven't listened to season one yet, I highly recommend going back and doing so. But for this episode, you don't need to because before Brooklyn was a new grad, she was an undergrad. Confessions of Christmas Past. I wish you were coming here for Christmas, Brooklyn," Mum was saying, her eyes shining with tears as she, my dad, and my brother looked up at me through my phone screen. Me too, Mom. But it didn't make sense to fly all the way back to Singapore for less than two weeks. And anyway, I'll have a great time at Abby's. Yes, thank goodness you've got great friends over there, she agreed. If you hadn't been invited to Abby's, I would have insisted you come home. It just makes so much more sense to fly back in the summer and stay for longer, though, I said. I know. I just miss you. We all miss you, my dad called, but we'll see you soon. Exactly, I smiled. Uh, Mom? My other brother called from the kitchen behind them. Is the gravy supposed to burn the bottom of the pan? Or, oh God, the gravy, Mom shrieked, running out of frame. Well, that might be our cue to say goodbye, my dad chuckled. We'll call you again on Christmas night. Christmas morning for you. Sounds good. Love you. Love you, Brooklyn, they all chorused back as the smoke alarm started beeping. And then they were gone. And so were the friends I told them I'd be spending my first Christmas away from home with. Abby and Amber had come by this morning to pick me up so that we could all drive to Abby's parents' place in Kelowna, but I'd pretended that I was too sick to go, so they'd left, and now I'd be spending Christmas alone in my dorm room. I supposed I could have told my family the truth, but I just couldn't bring myself to see the sadness on all of their, particularly my mom's, faces if I did so. I didn't want to tell them about what had happened the previous night, at Vanier's, the first year residence's, winter break party. Thinking about what Abby and Chase, that stupid douchebag jock I was supposed to be dating, had done made me sick. We were all having a great time dancing until they disappeared. When I went to go find them, I saw them holding hands outside the dance hall and kissing, and then running off together, disappearing into Abby's residence building. All morning, I hadn't been able to decide if Abby pretending nothing had happened or Chase completely ghosting me was worse. The only thing I did know was that I'd rather spend Christmas alone than with Abby. It wouldn't be so bad. I had my laptop and Chase's family Netflix password. Maybe I'd purposefully stream some embarrassingly inappropriate content so that his family would harass him about it over the break. A wave of nausea crashed over me. I took a large gulp of water, regretting how I drowned my sorrows in vodka last night. It wasn't as though it had helped. After seeing Abby and Chase leave, I'd drained the flask I had hidden in my bra, which was supposed to have supplied Abby, Amber, and myself with alcohol for the whole night, and then danced with Amber and the random dude she was making out with. Then it snowed for the first time all year. It seemed like the night might be taking a turn for the better when everyone from the party flooded to the field to play with the snow. I met some cute blonde hipster guy who had suavely pulled some mistletoe out of his pocket and kissed me. It wasn't a very passionate makeout, though, and when two girls had caused A bit of a commotion by streaking past everyone wearing nothing but their shoes and christmas hats my stomach churned and i ran back to my dorm to throw up abruptly ending any fun i could have had with blondie anyway thinking that food might help me feel a little better i decided to head down to the calf when i got there i found that it was closed a sign on the door read Dear residents, the cafeteria will be closed from December 23rd to 31st for the holiday season. Happy holidays! I closed my eyes in frustration. Then quickly opened them, looking for the closest garbage can, feeling my stomach churning, and ran up to it and leaned over. Nothing. False alarm. I really needed to get something in my stomach, though. My meal card wouldn't work in the restaurants in the village, and I didn't have a ton of money in my bank account. In any case, if I used my visa at too many restaurants, my parents might catch on to the fact that I wasn't spending the holidays at Abbey's. Maybe Chubbard's is open? I wondered. Chubbard's was the convenience store underneath the calf. It was actually called Hubbard's, but didn't sell anything other than junk food, hence its nickname. But Chubbard's, too, was closed. I turned dejectedly back toward my building, thinking I'd grab a proper coat and a toque or something for the freezing journey I was about to endure, when I remembered something Abby had mentioned about tech, one of the newer buildings, having a vending machine. Since I really did not feel like walking to the village through the thick snow, I decided I might as well check and see. Tech was taller than my brick 70s-era building. It was six stories instead of four, and had modern floor-to-ceiling windows. As I entered, I saw that the rumors about Tech having elevators were true. I smiled, thinking how convenient that would have been on move-in day. Everything in this building was better than the one I lived in. The carpets weren't as stained, and the bathrooms looked like they had actually been remodeled in the last three decades. It even smelled better in here. I inhaled a characteristically Christmassy scent that I knew but couldn't place. At the far end of the hall, shining like God's gift to me on this glum day, was a vending machine. I rushed towards it, my heart leaping as I discovered that it accepted my meal card, and began furiously purchasing all the goodies. It even had a row of instant noodles, which were going to come in especially handy over the next few days. After a few minutes, I turned to go, my arms full of treats. A guy had just entered the building behind me, and feeling suddenly self-conscious about how much junk food I was holding... I turned down a corridor on the right to use the exit on the side instead. The sweet, Christmassy smell was stronger down here, and I could hear the sound of girls laughing and music playing behind the closed doors. Wait, guys, is something burning? A voice asked. No, no, of course not. You can't burn mulled wine. Um, guys... All of a sudden, the door on my left was flung open, knocking me aside. Candy, chip bags, and instant noodles hurtled through the air. The culprit was a tanned, gorgeous girl, carrying a heavily smoking object that I couldn't make out. She hurtled toward the exit, kicked it open, and plunged the smoking object into a pile of snow. I told you that hot plate was a bad idea. Someone called from the room. I picked myself up gingerly and began gathering up my snacks. Where did all those crisps come from? A very tall, slender girl with tightly curled brown hair came out into the hall. She caught sight of me behind the door and cried, Oh no! Are you all right?" I'm fine, I muttered, my cheeks burning. We're all clear! The girl who had hit me with the door shouted from outside. The guy who gave me this thing did say it could overheat sometimes. Overheat? A small voice asked incredulously from inside the room. Lana, it nearly killed us. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Bree. If you want mulled wine, you might just have to take a risk for once in your... Oh, never mind that, the tall girl with the curly hair interrupted. Lana, you nearly knocked this poor lady out just now. What? Lana shouted, re-entering the hall. Her brown eyes widened as she saw me. Oh, I'm so sorry. What happened? A petite Asian girl peeked her head out of the room. I wanted nothing more than to disappear as the three of them looked apologetically down at me. It's no problem at all, I said, my attempt at a laugh, sounding more like a whimper. Are you all right? the curly-haired girl asked again, handing me the last package of instant noodles from the floor. Yeah, totally. Her big blue eyes narrowed, but with concern rather than suspicion. Well, come on in and have some mulled wine with us anyway, she said. Oh, no, I don't want to crash your party. Oh, please, it's the least we can do after nearly knocking you out, Lana said. We... "'Didn't knock her out, Lana. You did,' the Asian girl said, pointedly. But she was smiling as she opened the door wider and beckoned me to come in. "'All right, time for mauled wine attempt oh. the girl called Lana said, marching toward an electrical socket and plugging the hot plate back into it. "'We also have regular wine,' the Asian girl muttered to me. In case you don't want to drink something that literally almost killed us five minutes ago. Lana rolled her eyes at her. I'm Lana, this is Bree, and that's Gemma, she said to me. What's your name? Brooklyn, I said. Gingerbread cookie? Bree asked, offering me a tray of gorgeously decorated snowmen. "'Have some pierogies, too. Don't be drinking on an empty stomach,' Gemma insisted, removing their three forks from the warm pot and handing me a fresh one. "'Thanks,' I said, looking around their room. It was enormous, at least three times the size of mine. It had a bunk bed on one side and another single bed on the other. Every inch of wall had something on it.' There was a quote board full of inside jokes, a world map which someone had added blue, yellow, and black dots to, and a painting of a hot pink, abstract vagina. There were gold Christmas lights galore, and a very full whiteboard. Some of the messages on it were simple enough, like, Bree, don't forget to get textbook back from Oliver today but I was also pretty sure that some of the others had stories behind them like I hate pickled onion and I will never get drunk on a Tuesday ever again or fuck the system. A large amount of clothes were spilling out of the tiny closet and a small amount of shelf space was dedicated to makeup and cosmetics. There was also a desk divided into three very differently organized or not organized at all, sections. Most of the rest of the room was taken up by two mini-fridges, a toaster, a blender, and snacks that seemed to have been arranged from healthy to unhealthy, with protein bars on the left and chocolate bars on the right. Is this a three-person room? I asked. Yep, we call it the Thrupple, Lana said. I remember how mortified I was when I saw it, Bree said. Three people in one room. I was worried I'd never get another moment to myself. And you haven't since, Gemma Grin. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Seriously, Lana groaned in mock annoyance. It is pretty lucky that we all get along, Bree said. Could have been real bad. How are your roommates, Brooklyn? Gemma asked me. I'm in a single, actually. No way, Lana said. Can I borrow your room sometime? These two can be a bit much. We can be a bit much, Brie asked. Have you met yourself, Lana? She wakes up at 6 a.m. every day, Gemma informed me. It's ridiculous. I like to work out in the mornings, Lana shrugged. And I'm always super quiet when I leave. One, you're not quiet at all, and two, 6 a.m. is an ungodly hour to be doing anything at all, especially lifting weights. But you feel so good after. Just try it one time. I will never try it. There are a ton of hot guys in the bird cube in the morning, Lana said to me slyly. That's a lie, Bree said passionately. That's just what she says to get you to go with her. There were absolutely no hot guys in the gym when I went with you that one time, Lana. Well, yeah, because you only came once, but I swear, most of the time. Can we change the subject? Gemma asked. Just talking about it is exhausting. Lana rolled her eyes and added cinnamon sticks, clove, and a myriad of other things to the wine. Oh, That's why this building smells so good, I said. Lana grinned. We gotta spread that Christmas cheer somehow. I'm surprised you guys are here today, I said. I thought everyone had already left for the holidays. We're leaving tonight, actually, Bree explained. LMFAOs, I'm sexy and I know it, blasted out of a phone that was lying on the top bunk bed. Pickled onion is calling ya again, Lana, Gemma said. You again? Lana angrily snatched up her phone and shouted, For the last time, stop fucking calling me! I heard some incomprehensible pleading on the other end, and then she hung up. Um, why is a pickled onion calling you? I asked. It's my ex. I used to call him by his real human name, but after what he did last night, he will forever be known as pickled onion. It's the food that Lana finds the most repulsive in all the world, Gemma explained to me. Okay, what did this pickled man do to make you hate him so much? He's been trying to get me to sleep with him for ages. And by ages, she means since they first started dating at the end of September. Yeah, literally since we first met. But I told him I wasn't comfortable with that because I'm a virgin and like... It's kind of a cultural thing for me. Like, I don't think I'll wait forever to have sex, but it's also, I'm just, I'm not ready to- You don't have to explain why, Lana, Bree said. Ugh, you're right. Fuck him. He just always made me feel like I was being selfish or a prude or whatever. Anyway, last night he tried again, and I said no. And he said that if I wasn't going to do it, he'd go find it elsewhere and I laughed and told him to go ahead. And then it started snowing, and we were all outside, and I saw him making out with some other girl, literally right after we had just broken up. Oh, I'm sorry. That sucks, I said. Lana shrugged. You know, it actually didn't suck that much. The streaking part was pretty fun. Wait, that was you guys? I asked, remembering the two girls I'd seen streaking last night. You saw us, Gemma asked proudly. I told you you were missing out, Bree. I had no desire to be naked in front of everyone we know in negative five-degree weather, Bree said, and I still don't understand why you two did that. Neither do I, to be honest, Gemma conceded. I just remember Lana being sad about pickled onion, and then somehow we were talking about how sad we were about missing the undie run, and the next thing we knew. Paul, the RA, was shouting at us to put our clothes back on, Lana giggled. Ah, poor Paul. I think it might have been the first time he'd seen two naked women in real life, Gemma sighed. But the demerit was worth it, to nakedly throw snowballs at pickled onion after whoever he'd been making out with ran away. I laughed. I wish you guys had been there to throw snowballs at the guy I was dating before last night. Why? Lana asked. What happened? i told them with your best friend ew who does that lana demanded why was everyone being an asshole last night gemma wondered must have been something in that shitty non-alcoholic punch they were handing out look it's snowing again lana said flakes the size of golf balls were falling lazily to the ground outside the window I can't remember the last time we had this much snow at Christmas, Bree said, her face shining. It'll probably stop in like 23 minutes, Gemma predicted. She was wrong. The sky morphed into a swirling white mass. We curled up with our warm mugs, and soon we were talking about everything. It turned out that both Gemma and Lana would be spending Christmas at Bree's parents' house because Gemma's parents were in the Dominican for an impromptu second honeymoon, and Lana's family didn't celebrate Christmas. When they asked what my plans were, I told them my family was in Singapore, but that I was planning to spend Christmas with friends. It wasn't technically a lie. I mean, I used the past tense. Ho, ho, ho! "'a jolly Asian man barged through the door. "'Dad!' Brie groaned, picking herself up from her bunk, "'which she had fallen off of. "'How many times do I have to tell you to knock?' "'Oh, right. Sorry, girls,' the man bowed his head. "'I could just hear you gabbing away and got excited.' "'No worries, Bob,' Lana grinned, "'leaping up and giving him a hug. "'Love the sweater!' Gemma added, also hugging him. Bob plucked happily at the extraordinarily ugly Christmas jumper that he was wearing. "'I told you they'd like them, Veronica,' he called to the delicately pretty Asian lady, wearing a sweater even uglier than Bob's, who had just entered the room behind them. "'Bob and I had a little bit too much fun at Value Village on our way over,' said Veronica, dumping a bag full of ugly sweaters onto Bree's bed. "'Oh!' "'These are fab,' Gemma said, immediately snatching one off the bed and pulling it over her head. "'I call the drunken Rudolph one!' Lana shouted. "'I thought the one with Santa and Mrs. Claus making out would be perfect for you,' Veronica said fondly to Bree, who rolled her eyes but pulled it over her head nonetheless. "'And I couldn't not get the one with the Grinch smoking a doobie!' Bob said, pointing to the last sweater on the pile and smiling at me. Which turned out to be the right call, because we wouldn't want your new friend to feel left out. Hello, dear, Veronica said, gracefully managing not to knock anything over as she made her way across the room to give me a hug. What's your name? Oh, I'm Brooklyn, but I'm not... I don't want to impose on your Christmas. Oh, of course, Veronica! Bob said, Brooklyn probably already has plans with her own family. I was actually going to spend Christmas with my friend. Would that friend be called Abby by any chance? Gemma asked. I looked into her large blue eyes, wondering how she had guessed that so easily. I could have lied, but I didn't want to. She and the others had been so nice to me. Yeah, I said. The one who hooked up with the guy you're dating last night? Lana asked incredulously. What a terrible friend. Bob shook his head. Do you think you might have room for just one more for Christmas, Bob? Gemma asked, putting her hands together in mock prayer, making large puppy dog eyes. Oh, of course! The more the merrier! Bob said, jubilantly. "'Oh, Bob,' Veronica swooned. "'I love it when you get into the Christmas spirit.' "'That's nothing,' Bob said, "'grabbing Veronica and kissing her passionately. "'Parents, stop,' Bree cried, "'giving them a disgusted look "'while Lana and Gemma cheered. "'Then she turned to me. "'You've got to come with us, Brooklyn. "'I mean, if you want to, obviously.' Normally, I wouldn't agree to spending several days with people I'd only just met, but it was Christmas, and I was getting such wonderful vibes, so I nodded. Wonderful, Gemma beamed, handing me the last sweater, while Lana offered Veronica what was left of the mulled wine. A short while later, after rushing back to my room to dump the copious amount of treats I'd bought earlier and pack a hasty overnight bag, I was crammed between Brie and Lana in the middle seat of Brie's parents' van. Gemma had valiantly volunteered for the back seat, which was mostly taken up by the top of a Christmas tree protruding from the trunk. Using its branch as a mustache, she giggled quietly to herself while taking selfies. So was that party y'all went to last night, a rager, Bob inquired, as he drove through the slippery streets. No, it was terrible, Lana groaned. You know that guy I've been dating? He hooked up with some other chick right in front of me. Oh, I'm sorry, dear, Veronica said sympathetically. Bob shook his head. Men are such dogs in university. I know I was. But like I told Bree as long as you're responsible and stay on birth control. Oh God, Dad, stop, Brie pleaded, her face in her hands. What kind of an idiot would cheat on Lana? Veronica asked. This kind, Lana responded, opening up her Instagram and handing her phone to Veronica. I'm sure you can do better, Lana. When I think of how many absolute imbeciles I slept with before I met Bob, "'I was still quite the imbecile when we met,' Bob said, reminiscently. "'And such a player,' Veronica giggled. "'Mom, please, no,' Brie begged. "'Oh, sorry, Brie,' Veronica said, passing the phone back to Lana, who stared at the pictures on it, scrolling wistfully. "'He's just so tall, though! Do you know how hard it is to find a tall guy?' So hard, I said. Can I see him? Lana passed her phone to me, and my mouth fell open. Doesn't he look like a dweeb in that photo? Lana asked. Yeah, total dweeb, I said, even though that wasn't what I'd thought last night when I'd been making out with him under his mistletoe. Silent night. Excited and stirring it's cold outside, all is merry and bright feeling as good tidings. It must be Christmas. Happy holidays and thanks for listening to part one of Confessions of Christmas Past. Part two will be out next Monday, December 28th. If you enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate it if you could tell your friends, give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, and write a review. You can also follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Rebecca Montgomery does cover and episode artwork, as well as editing the scripts. Special thanks to all the musicians who allowed us to use their songs in the show. You can find the soundtrack in the episode description.